Hello and welcome back to Here's the Deal. I am your host, Kylie Larson. Today, I am talking to my good friend, Ellie Dameron, and we are talking about why the majority of people gained weight since the start of the pandemic. Today's conversation is inspired by a graph that I saw on Instagram by Dr. John Rusin. And long story short, um, if you gained weight over the last two years, you're not alone. According to research, um, the U.S. adults gained an average of 29 pounds since the start of the pandemic. Men gained 37 pounds and women gained 22 pounds. And then this graph that I'm sharing with you in the show notes goes ahead and breaks it down into different age groups and different ethnicities. It's staggering. We have an obesity problem, but as big as this problem is, it may not be that big to fix. And that is what Allie and I talk about on today's show. So if you look at what happened over the course of the last two years, it's really no surprise, um, which is good news because that means we can take small steps to move forward with this. Will it take some time? Yes, it will. But you have to ask yourself, what is the alternative? So stay tuned for this amazing episode with Allie and listen to the end so you know how to connect with her. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Here's the Deal, everyone. I am back with my good friend, Allie Dameron, and today... We're going to be talking about why so many people gained weight during the pandemic. Um, Allie and I were chatting last week on her podcast, and and this topic started to to come up. Like, why are we seeing so many clients that are dealing with this? And someone that we both follow on Instagram, Dr. John Rusin, posted a graphic of the weight gain statistics between men and women, different age groups, and I mean... Basically everyone, it sounds, gained weight. But before we talk about this, Allie, thanks for being here. And can you introduce yourself just in case someone is living under a rock and they don't know who you are? (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. So my name is Allie Dameron. I'm an acupuncturist and I have an online practice where I offer one-on-one consultations. I have a podcast called The Allie Dameron Show, a YouTube channel, and I'm a female hormonal expert. I love Allie. I send everyone I can to Allie, including myself. Um, She truly can help you. But, you know, as we get into our conversation, chances are you might have some hormonal issues, but Allie will be the first one to tell you. Oftentimes there are other issues at hand. So what are the bigger issues before hormones, Allie? In terms of like weight gain? Yeah. I mean, I think that... (laughs) a lot of the same things that drive weight gain are going to drive hormonal imbalances. And so I think that when we're really struggling with weight gain or, or stubborn weight loss, you know, we have to do the work to, to do that. And so I think I always give like kind of a hierarchy of like 
fat loss. So I always say like, number one, we have to be in a caloric deficit and that has to be consistent. That can't just be Monday through Thursday or Friday and then go off the rails on the weekends. And when I say off the rails, I think a lot of people think that that means just like gorging themselves, like eating whatever. And it doesn't have to mean that, unfortunately, like I wish it did, but it did. It doesn't have to mean that. Like if you just go have a couple of cocktails and chips and salsa, like that probably could be enough to pull you out of the deficit. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's not super big, like we don't want to do a huge deficit. So number one, you have to be in a caloric deficit. If we're not being honest with ourselves and doing that first, then we have to really do that work to make sure that you actually are having stubborn weight loss. I also think number two is protein, which Kylie and I talked about that in my own podcast last week about the importance of protein and how important it is for fat loss and why it's so helpful, then strength training and then neat exercise. So or activity. So walking, moving, doing those types of things and not just sitting around. And I think, you know, if you think about not eating adequate protein, not getting strength training and not getting neat, like those things are also going to lead to hormonal imbalances. So blood sugar dysregulation is part of not eating protein Um, and strength training. If the more muscle we have, the more sensitive we are to insulin receptors. Mm -hmm. Um, Strength training also helps boost testosterone, which is going to, you know, be a better fat burner for you. Um, you know, moving around, taking walks, things like that can help with stress release and cortisol and adrenaline and blood sugar. And so I think that the two get intermingled a lot because weight loss is a hormonal process, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you have this hormonal imbalance. that's just automatically causing you to gain all this weight and keeping it on despite you not having to do kind of what we talked about. Exactly. Well, and that really lends itself to the conversation that we're having today. When you look at these stats, they are rather staggering. And I'll put this graphic in the show notes. Um, You know, so if you are one of the people that has gained 15, 20, 30 pounds in the last year and a half, two years, first Mm -hmm. off, okay, that's fine. Like, let's not shame ourselves for that. Let's not get down. Right. Right. It's where we are. But there are reasons why that it's not really shocking. And it really comes down to this hierarchy that you talked about, starting with just the neat. Let's say you had an office job where you left your home at eight o'clock in the morning, commuted to work, got there at nine, walked around, said hello, walked to the conference room for meetings, maybe went to a lunch meeting, whatever, but you weren't sitting at your kitchen table or your home office all day long. Right. Like I think, you know, if you think about it, the average person, I mean, people like in cities obviously have to walk to the subway and things like that. But even if you like live out in the suburbs, like we do, I mean, even just like going out to your car, getting, getting ready, going out to your car, walking into the office, I think realistically, you probably have three to 4,000 steps by the time you get to your desk Mm -hmm. doing that versus rolling out of bed, grabbing a cup of coffee, yeah. Starting work on the couch, wherever right. people were setting up office. Yeah. About 12 steps, 20 steps compared to the three to 4,000. Exactly. And I think that just can't be minimized. It really can't because if you look at uh, the breakdown of where you burn your calories per day, your total daily energy expenditure, that neat, that non-exercise activity thermogenesis that Allie was talking about, which is your steps, your fidgeting, any non-purposeful, like non-exercise movement that makes up for 
the majority, well, besides your basal metabolic rate, the next biggest chunk of your total daily energy expenditure. So if that's reduced significantly, of course, your metabolism went down. Well, exactly. And I think so many people like are so super frustrated and they're like, you know, this is just like piled on in the last two years or whatever. And I've been keeping up with my workouts and I'm like, workouts are great, but if you're just, I mean, those are, you know, three to five times a week, 30, 40 minutes, like that's just not enough activity. Mm-hmm. It's great. And it's a start, but, but truly, I, I don't know if you feel like this. I mean, I think, like I said, strength training and neat are sort of interchangeable in terms of priority. Like yeah. it kind of depends on what your goals are, I guess. But, um, you know, I think for a lot of people, like if you, are only going to work out two times a week or three times for 30 minutes versus if you could get in walking every day, like I would tell them to just go walk. hundred percent. We get this question. Yeah. All the time. Well, you know, I'm in a season of life where I'm really busy right now and I don't have time to work out. Could I still do the program? Like, absolutely. Because nutrition and your daily activity are way more important than that 30 minute workout three times a week. I'd rather you be moving your body consistently. Yeah. And I think a lot of people like even right now are sort of like at home a little bit more and like the winter and all of that stuff. I think that's a big struggle, but honestly, like putting away laundry, like putting away dishes, like playing with the kids, just walking around our house. Like you just got to make it work. You do have to be like glamorous where, cause people are like, well, I don't have a treadmill. And I'm like, it's, it's fine. You don't need a treadmill. No, literally move. Yeah. And and that's one thing I see people getting hung up over. You'll see Allie and I talk about 10,000 steps. And I think in the winter time, 7,000 steps is completely acceptable as well. But then people get hung up on that number and we're like, no, you're, you're missing the point. It's not about a number of steps. It's about not sitting on your butt all day long, Mm -hmm. which for those of us who do work from home, it's, you know how easy it is, Allie, you could probably stay in that spot for 12 hours. 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I have to be incredibly intentional. And in fact, I would say this was probably four years ago. Now my husband had a challenge for work where we had to get steps in. Our goal was 8,500 on average for like six weeks or something. And so I wore my Fitbit and like did it. And you know, the days that I even actually went to my office and treated patients with acupuncture, which I had a small office, but you know, I was like in and out of the room and whatever I had to drive there, walk into the office and stuff. If I didn't like, which even exercise, like strength training, you're not going to get steps. No. Um, I would get like 4,000 a day and it was like mind boggling to me. And so, because I don't live in a place where like, I have to walk a ton and things like that. Like I do have to be very intentional. I usually, to be honest, have to go on about a 30 minute walk every day. Yeah. Six, so do I. And that typically won't give me 10,000 steps, especially in the winter. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, I, think it's about 2000 to get the kids out the door, 3000 sometimes depending on whatever. And then depending on what we're doing at night, like, but you just got to kind of look at that, like mm-hmm. nights that we go to basketball practice, I coach. And so it's a little bit more that night. So I'm like, okay, well, I probably don't need to, you know, fit in my walk as much, but the other nights, like I do have to prioritize that. That just is part of my lifestyle now, regardless if I exercised in the morning or not. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and you were one of those people, I think this is a really low barrier to entry, something that you can immediately focus on 
to not only, you know, shed some of that weight that you may have gained, but also just feel better. It feels good to move your body. You know, when we're just sitting here, things are stagnant. Energy can't move through. You get up, you're going to feel better. I always give the analogy. I, I heard this from somebody else. So I can't take credit, but of the pond. Like if you think about like a body of water, like a gross little pond that like has no moving water to it, fresh water coming into it. It's disgusting. Like the water's murky, it's moldy, it's mildewy, all of those things versus like a river or a stream or something that like has water moving through it. Like that's our bodies are made of water. And so you don't want like all of that stagnant lymph and fluid and all of that stuff. Like if you're feeling puffy or your ankles, you know, get swollen by the end of the day, or you feel brain foggy, or for people who have an afternoon energy crash, like move, get your body going, give your body a reason to produce a little bit of cortisol. And that will help your energy level and focus too. It's so true. Um, well, the other reason, you know, we talked a lot about people working from home. When we were chatting the other day, you brought up this really great point of where people were setting up shop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if they are, you know, I've been guilty of working at my kitchen table. My husband likes to joke that the entire house is my office. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> yeah. But if the kitchen is your office, that's your environment. And can you yeah. just talk more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, I mean... I think too, when you're working at an office, like most of us, you know, pack our lunch or go get lunch, even if it's out or whatever. And like, yeah, there probably are snacks, but you have to be intentional about like packing your snacks or whatever. And even if you like grab a bowl of a, you know, a handful out of the candy jar or whatever, like I can remember before the pandemic, we were like, you know, you're just grazing out of the candy jar all day. Like that's impacting you, which it does. But also if you're working at your house, like and we're stressed and bored and overwhelmed and feeling emotional and all of those things. Like what else is there to do, but grab food? Yeah. Like you're just like going to the pantry nine times a day and like looking at it and kind of like maybe grabbing a few crackers here and there, maybe grabbing a handful of cereal or whatever, like that stuff just all adds up. Yeah. Your environment matters so much. I'm rereading atomic habits for like the third or fourth time. And James Clear yeah. is really big yeah. on, you know, how your environment is set up. And if this is something that you struggle with, like you want to make your habits that you want to change unattractive. So at work, it's hard to reach for crackers if they're not there, right? It's hard to yeah. just graze if food is not around. But if you're at home and your kitchen is right there, it's really easy to munch on cereal. I mean, whatever snacks that you have, cause it's yeah. right within reach. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think, I mean, think about just like the caloric burn of like both of those two activities. So, right. We're getting 200 steps per day and then we're adding in probably five or 600 extra calories. Like that energy balance is way off. Yeah. I was just going to say that those two things together. Okay. Th that explains 10 pounds. Let's get to 15 right. now. <laughs> right. And it just doesn't even like feel like you're doing that much, right? Like a couple handfuls of crackers, like you're like, oh, that sounds meaningless enough. Like it's not that big, that big of a deal. And like, you know, I think a lot of us just literally forget about the steps and moving and things like that, especially when we're doing a workout, like we're yes. actually still working out. Yeah. But I, you know, my friend Carrie talks about this a lot too, about habits. She's a big habit person. Um, as well. And she's like, these little habits are small enough that it feels so easy not to do, but it also 
if you do them consistently, it gets you so much further ahead. And so it's just like, like brushing your teeth just feels easy not to do. Right. Like, yeah, whatever. But like, we feel gross if we don't do that. Mm -hmm. But like the same thing with like grazing on a handful of cereal or whatever, like that feels like 50, 60 calories, like insignificant. But if you keep doing that over and over and over, Mm -hmm. that's going to add up. Yeah. It's the compound interest. Yeah. It's multiplied over time to make a significant impact. Yeah. Um, So we have those two things and then we can't. I don't want to talk about stress just yet, but I want to talk about how people were coping besides with food. I mean, you have to look at, (laughs) I don't want to get political, but gyms were closed, liquor stores stayed open. Enough said. Right. (laughs) I mean, exactly. Like I can, again, not to get political, but I can remember the night that they thought they were going to close liquor stores and it lasted about 20 minutes. Like people lost their, their minds. So, you know, you don't have to get up quite as early to go to work. You had a rough day or you're bored. Yeah, like, you're bored. People just like worked until four o'clock. I can remember back in March of 2020, and I think it's not really happening as much now, but going out and everyone was just like drinking on their sidewalk because yeah. in their lawn chairs with all over the country because like yelling across the street, their neighbor. Yeah, that's all you could do. Well, right. and also, I mean, I've heard stories of, People drinking like during work hours. Yeah. 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 Um, I have a couple of yeah. friends who are in HR and people yeah. have had to been let go because it turns out that they got into this habit of drinking on the job when they were at home. Yeah. No one, you know, you didn't have eyes on you. Yeah. I mean, and that's I mean, another contributing factor. If, yeah. if people don't see you, if you're able to hide, you just don't care as much. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I also think, you know, I know we're going to get into like the stress piece of things a little bit, but I think even just like the psychological piece of things, like, oh, life is so hard right now. It just sucks. Like I'm going to get this treat or I'm going to just eat this thing. Or like, I just deserve this right now. And I have in other times of my life when the hard things have happened, like I've been so guilty of that being like, oh my gosh, today is just such a hard day. Like, I'm just going to eat whatever I want today. I'm not going to worry about it. And that's fine. Like every once in a while, but we're, we've unfortunately been in this for two years. Like we can't do that for two years. Well, and we probably should then address the stress factor. And this is where the hormones I think do come into play. If our body is under stress, it's going to be hard to release the weight. We're more likely to hold on to the weight. We're doing these things. And this kind of goes with like the nuanced conversation of like hormones versus like your own personal activities, I guess, because if you're under stress, your body produces more inflammation. Mm -hmm. So you get, you know, more sore and achy and things like that. Probably don't feel like working out as much, but also you retain more fluid and things like that. Just feel puffier. But also when you're under stress, like physiologically you crave more sugar mm-hmm. like your body wants that quick glucose to mm-hmm. get fuel um and so it's really easy i think to get into a bad cycle with that like you're stressed your body kind of wants some sugar for some quick fuel when you're stressed 
no one feels like eating vegetables and protein. You want fat and sugar. There's a dopamine response to that too. Mm -hmm. Um, and so your body's naturally asking for it. And then it's going to throw off your blood sugar, your hunger hormones, and you're going to be in this vicious cycle where then you have like massive sugar cravings and you're hungry all the time. Absolutely. And, and yeah, then, like, and you're just doing these things because that's how you self-soothe. The wine will make me feel better. The M&Ms will make me feel better. Or maybe it's the bagel. Um, not yeah. that bagels are bad, but you can see just everything, top, one on top of the other. It's a disaster. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, like the sleep, like you don't have to go to bed quite as early. I think everyone just felt totally out of their routine. It was almost like that week between Christmas and New Year's where like, you're just like, I don't even know what we're supposed to be doing. I don't know what's going on here. Like that was just like several months going on and, you know, sleep, like it resets our cortisol level. It helps increase insulin sensitivity. So I know, you know, if you, for me, if I like drink some cocktails the night before, don't sleep as much, I am like starving the next day. So hungry like can't get full, just ravenous, just feel super off and behind the eight ball the whole day. Cause you don't feel like eating protein. You don't feel like stopping it and like nipping it in the bud. You want fat and carbs, which again, nuanced conversation, but, um, you just feel hungry. Like your hunger hormones are off your blood sugars off. And that just creates a vicious cycle too. Absolutely. I mean, it's, so again, it's like you out this chart that I will share you'll look at it and your eyes are going to want to pop out of your head. But when you think about everything that Ellie and I just talked about, it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> that makes total makes sense. sense. Right. And I think it's just hard. Like, it's really hard to kind of like, look at yourself and be like, you know what? I have been moving a lot less. I have been grazing a little bit more. I have probably been drinking more alcohol, like, mm-hmm. because it just, it does feel insignificant. Like, mm-hmm day after, you know what I mean? It's not a lot. It's not like you're just going off the rails. Like you're on a Mexico vacation where you're just at the buffet all day or whatever, but you know what I mean? It's just like these little things we're talking two years of 15 pounds or 20 pounds. Like that's not that much weight every day. No. Well, and you know, one little thing that we haven't talked about too, is if you're working from home and you weren't putting on your work pants, you were living in your sweatpants. I mean, you might've had a blouse on, on top, but with leggings or pajama pants on bottom, you're not getting that feedback. Yeah, you don't right know. off the bat, and that's just the checks and balances. You don't have to weigh yourself every day. You put your pants on; it'll tell you. Yeah. So <laughs> there's been plenty of times I've been a little nervous to put on my pants. Like, oh god, <laughs> please just fit. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you're doing these things, and nine months go by, you haven't put on real pants in a while month number 10 comes back on, you put on your jeans and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't button these. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's where we can course correct. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, at this point now, I think a lot of people it's new year, like we've been doing this for two years. I think a lot of people are now looking for the fad, right? They're looking for the quick fix, the fast thing to get this weight off. I have so many patients that are kind of in that boat. They're like, I feel disgusting. I need this fixed yesterday. Yeah. What do I do? And it's like, okay, these small habits, like got you into this. So just reverse 
engineer the process. Like what got you here? Let's be honest with ourselves. And I've been through this, like after been really honest about this, after my second baby, who's six years old now, I struggled to lose the baby weight. And I was so frustrated because I felt like I was doing all of the things. And I tried so many different types of workouts and different types of nutrition and macro tracking and stuff, but it literally was I just wasn't tracking by slicks and tastes. Like I just was like grabbing food off the kid's plate or whatever. And it was keeping 10 pounds on me. Yep. It's like, not, it just like is what it is. That just, I had to make the decision. Like, if you want this to go away, you have to stop doing this. Yeah. You have to be really honest with yourself. Yeah. I mean, I, I asked this question, was it yesterday on another podcast, but which I got from another podcast guest, like, what's my role in this? Okay. I am. What's the word you just, I'm ballooning. A client had told you that the weight, my weight is just ballooning. What's my role in it is not, is not a surprise. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you look at what you're doing or not doing, how long you've been doing it, I love that question actually, because like I said, a lot of people come to me with the hormone question of like, why won't this come off? I think it's due to my hormones. And I'm like, it very well could be, Mm -hmm. but what's your role in why your hormones are imbalanced? Exactly. And that's a big thing that I think a lot of people don't understand. Like hormones don't just become unbalanced. Mm -hmm. There's some trigger for them. There's some reason that they're also becoming imbalanced. And again, it's stress and sleep and nutrition and exercise and, you know, all the other things. Mm -hmm. And this is not to say that anyone who has gained 15, 30 pounds over the last two years is a lost cause because the last thing Allie and I want you to do is one of those quick fixes, which ends up being a long-term problem. Yeah. This is where you start to increase your need, start paying attention. How much are you moving your body? Start paying attention to the bites, tastes, and licks. Do you have a consistent sleep wake cycle? Mm -hmm. These natural or these, um, what do you call it? Lifestyle factors that help to regulate our hormones. Mm -hmm. I think too, just like, I mean, it did take two years or however long to like put the weight on just like, I think people need to, I know instant gratification is a huge problem. And I understand like when you want to lose weight, you want it gone now. I get it. Mm -hmm. I understand that hundred percent. It's a hard thing to teach people like, okay, you just got to like, hang on. But if you think about like the scheme of your life, I mean, taking it off in one to two years versus a few months, like is longer, but it's going to be so much better for you. It's just so hard to like portray that to people. I think. No. Um, I was the last, and that's what you want. You want to do it once you want to do it the right way. Otherwise it is a cycle. I anecdotally. So, you know, when we start our program, we have an intake form so I can calculate macros for people. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the questions that I ask is tell, tell me about your diet history. Yeah. And the people with the most extensive diet history are by far the most overweight. Yeah. Significantly. They yeah. don't have 10 pounds to lose. They have a mm-hmm. hundred pounds to lose mm-hmm. and they have been on weight watchers since they were 12. They have done the human growth hormone diet. They have done whatever, and they are worse off than ever. Mm-hmm. So please like, don't go for the quick fix. I mean, th- yeah. It, and it's, 
again, like not shaming anybody for anything, but it's just like, we have more diets and more knowledge than ever before. And yet like our obesity statistics are getting worse than ever. Yes. And it's so like, it's not, it's not the diets. It's not that we need another diet. It's not that we need some like breaking ground research and new cutting edge strategy. Like we, that's not, there is no more. There, is there literally no more. is no more. We well, like you were that. saying the other day, um, like speaking from an ancestral standpoint or like it's these things, these natural things that we do that are going to regulate our hormones, which are going to help us lose the weight. It's not some feeding window or a workout. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look back. You know, it's so interesting. Like, I think I like, I love research, right? I'm a huge fan of it, but I also just always look at research and I'm like, I mean, duh, like, <laughs> come on, come on now. Right. Like, eat, eat the whole foods, eat your vegetables, eat your fruit, eat your protein. Um, it's like all of these, like, you know, superfoods or like specific chemicals in foods that are like cancer fighters or whatever. And everyone's like going on the rage about like, gotta go find this supplement and stuff. And it's like, no, 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 just this is already in food. Like that's what you were saying. It's already in your food and it's already in the right forms and the right amounts Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. And same thing with like weight bearing exercise, like that helps increase testosterone, which everyone's getting pellets for now. And not that that's bad, but like, we already have the answers. We already have the answers. We just are unwilling to like trust ourselves, I guess, with it. Yeah. I mean, I just like to look back at um, photos of people from the 50s, yeah, 60s, the 70s, mm-hmm. 80s, even 90s. <laughs> and then now, and all like what happened? <laughs> yeah, it's because we like, I guess, just became obsessed with these like really, I mean, diets are hard now. Like yeah. I guess we were hard in the eighties, like the grapefruit diet and all of that stuff. I don't know. I you just had to eat one thing. Now you have to have a certain feeding window and you got to pair certain foods. <laughs> yeah. I did. We just make it so hard. Just, just so hard. hard. Yeah. Um, but back then people were moving around more foods yeah. were not quite as processed. Right. You know, we weren't sitting behind computers all day long. It's lifestyle. Yeah. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Again. Yeah. It's just, that's a hard pill to swallow though. Like that I am responsible for this. It is. And it was hard for me too. like back to that time, those times that I was like really playing a role in it. It felt like, I mean, I went down the hormone rabbit hole. Like I'm a hormone specialist and I was like, crap, it, maybe it may thyroid. Like I did a Dutch test. Like I did all this stuff. And yes, like there were things to work on, Mm -hmm. but it was literally that I was just overeating. <laughs> like I was just overeating. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I'll be <laughs> yeah, as honest as you, you know, I've worked, I've done the Dutch test with Dolly, uh, Dolly with Allie. Um, and I need to do one again just to make sure everything's fine. But I thought for sure something was wrong with my hormones again. No, I was not being honest with myself and my macros. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I we like- all do it. So like, if you're like, feeling bad. No, I mean, we all do it. It's human nature. We want to rationalize. 
Yeah, totally. And I like for the longest time was like, I can't stop this. Like I was, it was the biggest sense of self-sabotage and I was just getting in my own way Mm -hmm. to a level that I can't even describe to you. But one day I was just like, no, like stop testing your thyroid. Stop like looking for the answer. You know what the problem is. Like, are you willing to fix it or not? And if you're not, then stop complaining about your weight. Stop like looking in the mirror and being disgusted. That's exactly. I think, and I think that's a great note to, to like end on like, okay, this is where we're at. I'm either going to do something about it, something smart about it, or I'm going to stop complaining about it. Those are your like whatever, but yeah, I think it's just a lost cause to sit there and like berate yourself and whatever. When you're that's only making things worse, right? The berating of yourself, no self compassion. Uh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, thank you, Allie. Um, so yeah, I really just wanted to shed some light on this and let y'all know that like, yeah, you're in the driver's seat of this. It might be like not so great situation right now, but just got to reverse engineer it. Like Ali said, okay, I need to move more. I need to focus on more whole foods, sleep. Great. Mm -hmm. And then in a year empowering, like it seems, I'm sure somebody listening to this is like, oh my God, that's so overwhelming. And like, can I do this and whatever, but isn't it empowering that it really is just literally a decision. It's just a decision. Like you get the power to make the decision. Yes. And like, once I realized that for myself, I was like, dang, I just could literally stop doing this. And then I love that because otherwise you're constantly playing the victim. Well, but every time we go to my mother-in-law's house, I have to, well, every time I go out with my friends, if I don't drink, like that's you giving away your power. Yeah. Yeah. Contributing to your sacrifice thing of like, what you, what do you want? Mm-hmm. now versus what do you want most mm-hmm. like I think that that's a big one that that also helped me like thinking of that mantra kind of like okay I could like eat this food right now and drink and whatever or like what do I want most do, like do I want this social time or do I want to reach my goals and either one is fine like it's not a shameful thing but you do have to make the decision and be okay with your decision mm-hmm. so true well and again it does. That really does come back to, we're so used to the instant gratification now. Yeah. We're just not used to it. We, we have to get back to how kind of things used to be where we had to wait for our food to be ready. We had to wait for a letter to come in the mail versus an email or a text. We're not used to waiting. Yeah. (laughs) I always am reminded of the character in Willy Wonka. Is it Violet? Gimme, gimme right now, daddy. You know, that's who we are. Don't beat her. <laughs> What's her name? I Not can't her. Yeah, but I know. can't be her. Gimme, gimme. I want now, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Allie. Well, thanks for your thoughts on this today. Um, I can't yeah, really no, talk to you again. Yeah, and if you guys, oh, if you want to work with Allie, if you want to get real with what's going on, where can people reach out to you and find you? Yeah. So probably the best way, a couple of ways, actually, you can um, go to my website, alliedameron.com, or I have a free Facebook group called holistic health with Allie Dameron that you can ask questions in there. I'm in there. We have a really 
great group of women in there, super supportive. Um, so either one of those two places, I offer free 15 minute consults, just see what's going on, you know, see what best next steps would be all of that stuff. So if you're interested in working together, that would be the first step to do so. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Allie. And thanks to everyone for listening today. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to Here's the Deal. If you'd like to connect with Allie, make sure you check out her website, alliedameron.com. And then also her podcast, which is the Allie Dameron Show. If you want more information on the programs that I offer, you can always check out my Instagram at the Kylie Larson. And then of course, my website, lift to get lean with Kylie.com. Right now, we are in the beginning stages of the program, Lift to Get Lean and Lift to Get Lean revive for perimenopausal women, but our next rounds will be starting mid-March. So if you want to be the first to know and save your spot, please join the wait list on the website. Until next time, bye-bye.